Welcome to Smart in the City, the Babel podcast where we bring together top actors in the smart city arena, sparking dialogues and interactions around the stakeholders and themes most prevalent for today's citizens and tomorrow's generations. I am your host, Tamlin Shimizu, and I hope you will enjoy this episode and gain knowledge and connections to accelerate the change for a better urban life. Smart in the City is brought to you by Babel Smart Cities. We enable processes from research and strategy development to co-creation and implementation. To learn more about us, please visit the Babel platform at babel-smartcities.eu. So we are back today with the last installment of our podcast series in collaboration with Resi the Spanish network for smart cities. Um, in this series, we've been bringing together Spanish cities with international cities to contribute to promoting cooperation and knowledge exchange between the cities. So big thanks to Resi for facilitating this episode. Um, and also we're recording this live at the Smart City Expo in Barcelona, where Babel is a collaborating partner. So thanks also to Fira Barcelona for having us. Uh, so I am really excited about the next two guests I have. I already said it multiple times to them this morning, but I, it is really a match made in heaven um, mm-hmm. that we have here. So um, I'm really excited to see where the conversation goes today. Um, so without further ado, I have the pleasure to introduce you to Mr. Fernando de Pablo Martin. He's the general director of the digital office of the City Council of Madrid. Welcome, Fernando. Uh, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. With my colleague Errol and with you, of course. Yes, honor to have you. Thank you so much for, for coming. So um, second up, we have um, our, our wonderful guest all the way from Istanbul, Mr. Errol Utskona. He's a CIO of the Metropolitan Municipality of Istanbul. Welcome. Thank you very much. It is very good uh, to feel and to be in Barcelona in a very good weather in November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true. I was actually sweating a little bit yesterday during yeah, the day. Yes. It was hot. So <laughs> it's uh, it's very lovely weather. So um, we'll jump right into it. I like to start off our interviews on the podcast with a little bit of a fun teaser question. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, um, <laughs> the question is, if Istanbul were a plant, mm-hmm. which kind of plant would it be? No, I never thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> really? You don't think about this every day yeah. when you're falling asleep? Maybe, maybe <laughs> pomegranate. Pomegranate? Yeah, oh. Istanbul seems as a one piece, but when you open it, it is divided in thousand pieces and different uh, size of, uh, but the taste almost the uh, more than average. <laughs> oh, really nice. Really nice. I love that. And I also love pomegranates. Yeah. <laughs> so um, good. So same question to you, Fernando. But if Madrid were a plant, what kind of plant would it be? Uh, if we're, uh, they were a plant, uh, Madrid for me will be a pine. A I pine, love pines. Like a pine tree? Yes, pine tree. Yes. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I like uh, I like uh, pines. It's very Mediterranean. Also, it's very mm. f- the, all the central part of uh, Spain and Castilla is mm. a part of uh, my childhood in my little village. So Madrid will be a pine for me. Ah, very lovely. I I grew up really in the mountains with pine trees and everything, and the smell to me is always so yes. wonderful. So, um, good. So. Um, I want to know a little bit more about your background. What led you to your positions today? It's it's nice to get to know you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so first to you, Fernando. Um, what is your background? What's your story? Tell us. Tell us all. Okay, that's okay. My <laughs> professional story, I guess. No? Yeah, yeah. Well, I am a telecommunication engineer. I was working uh, more than ten years in private companies in the sector of telecommunication and traffic, uh, urban traffic traffic control system and pollution control system before joining to the public administration. I was working for private companies for the uh, City Council of Madrid, in fact, <laughs> like now. No? Uh, and then I joined into the public administration. I was working for uh, 15 years uh, in the Spanish tax administration in the IT department, and large uh, taxpayers' office, in, so in several departments. In the time of uh, economic crisis, I was in the Ministry of the Presidency in a, uh, working in a working group of uh, uh, trying to reform public administration, so to, to do more efficient administration in a country very with high level of decentralization. 
I was working there. It was a very, very beautiful job, in the, a very important job in that time because the economic crisis was very hard for Spain. No? And then I uh, was working in a company, a public company who promote uh, technology and innovation in the tourist sector in Spain, also very important. And before joining uh, as a, a, a digital uh, responsible of Madrid, uh, I was the CIO of the central government in the time of COVID. So I was responsible of uh, a, a strategy, infrastructure, regulation, and of course, all, all the infrastructure that uh, gives support to the country in this very hard times on, of COVID. And now, in Madrid, of course, is, uh, I think it's very important for me because the life give, give me opportunity to return to my beginning, <laughs> professional times. <laughs> really, really interesting background. I actually have a small follow-up question. I hope it's okay. Um, do you think, because I've interviewed many people on, on the podcast who have you know a variety of backgrounds, um, do you think that it helps you a lot um, to be in public administration Having come from the private sector, having that experience in private sector, does it help you better collaborate with private sector yes. in your role? In my particular view, it's essential. It's essential to work in different institutions, not only public and private, but also in different public organizations or private organizations because the, the culture the culture is totally different. For example, in Spain, it's different to work for the central administration, regional administration, or local administration. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a very good asset to have been several experience in order to, to focus your work in, in your particular case in, in this moment in Madrid, but with a wider vision about the, the, very... the collaboration between special the public and private sectors. Yeah, absolutely. Those varying perspectives yeah. there. Yeah, very good. Um, same question to you, Errol. I want to know what, what, what led you to this role in Istanbul? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, last five years from 2019, I've been working for as CIO of Istanbul Metropolitan Municipality. I'm also a uh, telecommunication engineer. Mm -hmm. And before uh, almost four years, I was founded my own company. We were focusing on producing some services, big data and data analytics. Mm -hmm. uh, but we were working B2B, so not directly the end user. And before it, 16 years, I had been working for leader GSM operator in Turkey. So as a telecommunication engineer. But when I was working there, I was also working not only in Turkey, but also Georgia, Ukraine, Belarus, Northern Cyprus. So it gave me a chance to know the other countries and other cultures too uh, when I was making my uh, professional engineering job. And at the beginning of my career, I was working as a research assistant at my university almost four years uh, I was planning to be academician that time, but then I changed my mind, my way, first private sector, then my own company, then public sector again. So like my colleague, uh, I had also a chance to work in different companies, public, private, even for mine. Uh, so all of them given different experiences and all of them given uh, different aspects to do our roles and actually for personally and experience point of view, it is making and reaching us. Yeah. The view of the problems, the way of the different alternatives to solve problems or as a technical experiences to listen, to see different technological infrastructure level and capabilities, not only hardware, software, but also headcount point of view. So uh, thanks God, almost 30 years I've been working as a telecom uh, engineer and the last uh, 15 years as a CIO. Very mm -hmm. interesting. Thanks so much for sharing. Really interesting backgrounds to you both. Um, that's actually one of my favorite parts of my job, I think, is hearing people's backstories. So yeah, uh, yeah thanks so much for sharing. Um, Fernando, I was told um, that the creation of this Madrid digital office um, kind of marked a fundamental organizational change for Madrid. Can you speak a little bit about that creation and what's been the result of having this new digital office? Uh, 
Well, uh, yes, uh, the major create the digital office in the past uh, political period. So this uh, office is uh, brand new in the case of the public administration who have been working just from three years. So it's a new office. And you know what is uh, create a new a new administrative unit in the public administration. So it's a very hard process. Uh, you need to create a, a structure, the equipment of the right people. So we have been uh, with all the team uh, about uh, working for about just uh, two years. And of course, it's a new administrative unit. And I think it's very important because we are in charge of digital transformation of Madrid, foster digital transformation. And digital transformation is not a technological uh, topic in special. I think it mainly is, is an organizational uh, challenge and also a cultural challenge, challenge. Of course, with technology, but technology as a tool, not a, as a target. So in this uh, time, we, we create a structure with uh, just now uh, almost four divisions. One is uh, digital public services because with COVID was very, very important. After COVID, in the time of COVID, digital public service has been uh, critical for people. Other is uh, di uh, digital transformation. So a project, transversal project to the, all areas in Madrid, you know, in every, it will be your, in your case, uh, similar role in the yeah. case of large uh, organization, all the transversal are very, are very important. And we have other area of uh, data strategy. Uh, and uh, also now uh, 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 an area of artificial intelligence, intelligence very related with uh, with uh, uh, data strategy, and we are in charge also of the IT department of uh, of uh, Madrid. And of course, we are working in several areas. In first, in reinforce all the digital infrastructure, we think is very important. So technology is not the center, but without technology, it's impossible to do anything. You know? <laughs> the other is the fostering uh, digital public services. This has been very important. We have moved uh, just uh, from uh, before COVID, just uh, almost an analogic administration to a totally mm. uh, digital administration. This has been very important in order to increase the efficiency and to reduce administrative burden and to and to be able to dedicate more, more, more resources to the people who need more face-to-face -face relationship. Mm. That's uh, that's important in uh, in that uh, in that case. And uh, well, we are very happy in, in with the work in this year. We need to reinforce all these policies for the future, main uh, trying to to put the focus in all the transversal project to the all areas in Madrid in the next years. Very interesting to take something from so new and and have so much focus in the future. I'm um, moving forward, so I'll, I'll be watching that space. So thank you for sharing. Um, for you, Erol, can you tell me a little bit more about what your work right now is entails? What topics are you working on most closely? Thank you. One more time. I will add something to Fernando mm -hmm. for not misunderstanding. Mostly these two words is getting a little bit complicated for understanding. Digitalization and digital transformation. Mm. Actually, these are very different terms. For example, we have thousands of documents in our offices to scan them and to p uh, convert to PDF file is a digitalization. Yeah. But... You have a million documents. So if you can make index and if you can make search as a word, for example, Madrid, and it directly brings that million of documents, only 10,000 of them related with the Madrid or Madrid municipality, this is a digital transformation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, because sometimes mind yeah. is getting a little bit yeah. confused on it, so we need to explain this. So right. when we make all the documents scan. It is not digital transformation. This is only preparation for digital transformation. So it's not uh, easy things, actually. What we are working on in Istanbul, I will uh, give uh, some examples. We have 4,000 kilometers fiber optic networks uh, belongs to directly our municipality. Of course, we are working on to make it longer, to reach 5,000 kilometers. And we have... Uh, create, we are trying to create our own data network. This is very important for technological service to, services to reach all 16 million residents and 4 million uh, visitors and the others. Uh, so totally 20 million population for Istanbul. And we have 12,000 hotspot access points for Wi-Fi free of, free of charge. So we are trying to enlarge our network. Last four years, we made doubled. It was 
almost 5,500, now 12,000. And we are uh, six more than 6 million active users of our Ibebe Wi-Fi coverage. Mm -hmm. We are in Istanbul, the biggest data network uh, operator, actually, as municipality. But of course, when we create an infrastructure with fiber optic cables and hotspot points, then we need to serve some municipal services to our uh, citizens. So we have uh, one of our super app, which is called as Istanbul is yours. We are collecting all the most used uh, municipal services in one super app. And we created uh, one username, one password. You don't need 100 username, 100 password for reaching different municipal services. Uh, only, only, only one. <laughs> and now we are working on digital wallet and digital ID. Uh, and like Fernando, we are also working on decentralized uh, services. I mean, we are working on blockchain. So with the blockchain, but private blockchain, because we have our own data center. So uh, in our own data center, we are uh, creating our own blockchain uh, infrastructure. So uh, we will decentralize all the databases in our data center, but we will not know in which cabin, which hardware, something like that. So uh, why this is important? For example, you are renting a flat in Istanbul, you need to activate water, energy, uh, electricity, and natural gas subscription and internet, mainly four. So for all of these, you need to give your ID, you need to give your contract because ID and contract, ID and address should be uh, together for activating uh, subscription. So you will uh, only activate your Istanbul is yours uh, account, then you will choose from your digital wallet your ID and your contract because we will verify with your Turkish ID. So that cannot be a fake account. Then you will not share. We will send your digital ID to our subsidiary companies for deactivating X address, reactivating new address for all the subscription. And all will be done in a minute. No need to go somewhere, no need to declare any documents, something like that. So blockchain infrastructure on it, smart contract uh, organization. So IMM, Istanbul Metropolitan Municipality, will be orchestration between citizen and the subsidiaries. So we are trying to make life easier for our citizens. We are working on all the technological solutions for our citizens' life quality, actually. For now, we are working on this. I can give details later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots, lots of cool projects. I know uh, yesterday also I had the, the pleasure of, um, we, we put on an, uh, an event as Babel together with some partners um, and you were one of our speakers. So it, it looked also the visuals of this, maybe we can link to, link to some information as well. So it, that, the app looks really, really um, uh, intuitive, let's say. Yep. So, mm -hmm. um, so I want, it's a question that we like to ask a, a lot of our guests. Um, if maybe first to you, Fernando, um, if you were to pick like one central challenge of the city of Madrid, what do you think yeah. is the main challenge? Only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll give you two, well, uh, maybe. <laughs> I'll give you two, maybe. Let's go. Well, uh, uh, yes, Madrid. It's true that the cities are different, countries are different, yeah. so so solution and challenges is uh, different. This mm -hmm. is uh, normal. I, I think all the cities are facing more or less the same challenges around mobility, waste management, energy transition, urban design, quality Carbon of reduction. Yep. Yes, <laughs> this is the same. So there are uh, uh, challenges in this sense, but there are also uh, technical challenges. I'm going to select the... Uh, Two te technical challenges. One is cybersecurity, another is interoperability. You mm -hmm. know, uh, why this? Because they are transversal. This is something like, uh, like fundamental to resolve a more, much more things. 
uh, in the uh, case of Madrid, we're very centered and to be a, a very connected and, and secure uh, city. So cybersecurity is a, is a main topic, topic for us. Uh, all uh, cities are being attacked by cyber criminals. This is very important. We maintain a lot of personal information, uh, critical infrastructure. So we are, we are talking about the rights of the people when we are thinking in cybersecurity. And uh, uh, after COVID and in a city, cybersecurity is not only around the computer yeah. and PCs, it's around the teleworking, it's around the cloud, but it's around the 5G, the IoT, and the, the companies who provide services to us. For example, if a company provides services for the traffic control or for the lighting, they are if the cyber criminals attack these companies, they're attacking the city. So for us, this is important. And uh, also interoperability. Interoperability is, is key because when we are talking about data, we're talking about collaboration and coordination. This means interoperability between different information systems. And for, for, for that, this is key. We were talking uh, about the importance of... Uh, collaborate in, in between different organizations and different areas of the same organization because it's normal there are there are silos of information and it's very important to standardize and to to increase the possibility to relate and this is also very important for the people because you know we were talking about uh, uh, digital public services so one of the main principles of Tallinn the, the, remember is the once only principle so let's know uh, let's uh, do things uh, 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 easy to people. So let's communicate each other in administration. This We need uh, interoperability for that. So if I would have to select two, will be that, cybersecurity and interoperability, because it's the base and the fundamentals for other services. Yeah, very good. And what do you think are the solutions? <laughs> uh, well, uh, there are several. One is... Uh, First of all, is to put the focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, cybersecurity. You need to put the focus in yeah. this. Uh, in the, from the digital office, we have been uh, take several measures. One is to have a, a political priority. So the mayor said, "I'm going to create a cybersecurity center in Madrid," and we have created a cybersecurity center. And this uh, means to multiply for the human resources and the budget. So. This is the put the so I always say that uh, you must be worried, but you need to put uh, budget. No, uh, this is important <laughs> yeah. because we try to become a center of cybersecurity uh, in the case of a smart city, as I told you. We are talking about five G, IoT, and there are there are a lot of uh, risk in the case of a city. And as I say, we are talking about the rights of the people. We mm-hmm. are not talking about some technical things. It's the right of the people's security. So this is one of that. And in the case of uh, interoperability, it's very important, uh, the agreement uh, to, to work uh, with the standards, not only in a city, but also in the European Union with, yeah. uh, with another uh, with another country, because uh, countries every time more and more, I, we are the people are moving, are changing a lot. So we need uh, to, to do things together. And it's very important standards to look at the future and, <coughs> and to have in the future, perhaps not now, but in the future, you're, you're going to be this, uh, this standard that you need to, to, to cooperate. And this is interoperability. Absolutely, absolutely. Errol, from your perspective, what do you think? Do you have similar challenges to these? Um, do you yes. have uh, additional ones? Uh, I will add something, then I will say my challenge. Mm-hmm. Really, this interoperability and data governance is very important. Mm-hmm. For example, five years ago, when I started to work for Istanbul Metropolitan Municipality, there are uh, different, uh, in main organization, more than different uh, hundred sub-departments. So I'm trying to... Uh, bring all the data to our data lake. And I'm checking that it's some simple uh, examples. Uh, some departments records gender name as male, female. Okay. Some of them keep that MF. Some of them keeping in Turkish, kadın erkek. Some of them keeping that KE in Turkish letters. And one day, one data came gender zero one. So I, I don't know zero one, what is what is zero woman or <laughs> male or female. <laughs> so we need to check it. So this data governance is very important yeah. issue. So the main organization needs to define the rules, how they will uh, 
keep the data and then data will speak with each other. Otherwise, can you imagine one is writing male and female and the other is writing M, F or 0, 1. So how they will know that this is we are talking about gender and which gender type, something like that. This is very important for us. The main challenge, actually, uh, emergency management, because in Istanbul, uh, we are under risk of earthquake and it's almost last biggest earthquake 24 years ago uh, near Istanbul, 130 kilometers. Now scientists, geology engineers and scientists says that in each time can be an earthquake in Istanbul. Uh, so this is our one of the biggest challenge, unfortunately, uh, because of that, we are trying to prepare ourselves these uh, before earthquake, when earthquake happens first, uh, 72 hours, very important for rescuing the people's life. And after uh, third days. So we are preparing all the uh, preparation, uh, not only technologically, but also manpower, equipment uh, and coordination, synchronization, not only Istanbul Metropolitan Municipality, but also some central government and neighborhood municipalities, also town municipalities and NGOs and our citizens, because no one knows when it will be and who will be affected. So this is our one of the biggest risks. And when we are making, preparing our strategy plan, we were talking, we were reaching more than 300,000 people in Istanbul. And we got what they are expecting from municipality next five years in 2019, we were asking. And number one issue, preparation of earthquake of our citizens. So sensitivity is very high in our uh, citizens about earthquake because of that, we have an emergency management center. Uh, we have so many technical um, solutions like 150,000 cameras, more than 12,000 Wi-Fi access points. We have our own fiber optic networks. We have our own uh, data center. So I can manage all the technological services, lightning systems, um, sensors, and the others also. Uh, we have... Uh, satellite images of Istanbul. Every day I'm getting this. So as soon as possible, if earthquake happens directly, we need to give uh, what happened and which region, which sub-region, which districts are being affected worsely from the earthquake. How many buildings est uh, collapse estimation is very important. And then maybe to send our rescue team, fire department guys, or um, get really rescue teams uh, reach the location is very important because when the earthquake happens, everybody wants to go somewhere. Everybody wants to call each other. So it has been a chaos. So without giving any chance to chaos, we need, if we can give the right information to whole citizens, that time at least chaos level will be decreased 100 times or maybe 200 times if we can give the right information. But for getting right information for preparation of this, very important. So this is our biggest and the most important challenge because this is directly touching to person's life. Yeah. It's it's very important, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so so much for sharing that. Um, <laughs> Fernando, I, I want to get back to uh, Madrid's digital capital strategy. Uh -huh. um, can you walk me through that a little bit in detail, what, what that means and what is your strategy moving forward? Uh, well, uh, we think that uh, you need a strategy and a strategy is very important because it's, uh, strategy is, the, is the, the, an instrument to shape the city you want to be. So it's important to have long, short view, medium view, a long view of, of this is your city. And this is the, the strategy of Madrid uh, Digital Capital that uh, tries to put Madrid as a very uh, a competitive and, uh, and uh, uh, intelligent city. Well, we define this strategy with uh, more than 75 projects and around uh, a thousand million euros in this in this period of 2023-2027 with three main areas, digital service for the people, uh, administrative services and also a service for the city, a, a secure and intelligent city, city so all around the 
manage of that data antifield yeah. intelligence or security. The other is uh, to become a pole of digital innovation and uh, and uh, investment. That's uh, very important for all our city if we want to be uh, competitive. And of course, with the idea of uh, to advance the commitments of the uh, European Union, that's the Digital Compass uh, 20. 30. It's important in all of these strategies. In some cases, there are strategies that are uh, in uh, silos also. Uh, our strategy is totally aligned with the European strategy that's very important in this time after uh, COVID with European funds, with the national strategy and the strategy of the different areas of the city. So our strategy is aligned with all of this uh, that we think is uh, uh, very important. So this is not a beautiful paper. In PDF, a strategy must be flexible and adaptive and open to change and with transparency and participation of the people. And well, this is uh, what we are working in a lot of different projects. Could be very important project or large project as could be to to create a, a real digital twin. But there are other other projects. M- m- very important. For example, you were talking about the challenges. I'm going to take uh, one challenge in Madrid. Yesterday, the European Union uh, opened an, a report saying that Madrid was the city with highest life expectancy in Europe. You know? Wow. Yeah, yesterday. So uh, we have a problem uh, with, elder, with elderly people uh that with uh, unwanted <laughs> loneliness you know yeah, so yeah. we have a, a different uh, technical solution to put in touch more than uh, 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 half a million of people uh, with more than 65 years old and perhaps 20 percent of din of, of that people with problems with uh, unwanted loneliness with uh, our uh, uh, 18,000. Uh, volunteers in Madrid in order that they put in touch these volunteers with uh, the old people in in Madrid and not to try to be with them in their house or to accompany to a, to a health or to any any type of things but also to try to uh, increase the skill because I, I want that the old people could also be more autonomous using technology not all but if uh, some people want, uh, uh, we are here to help them. So, uh, well, this is uh, the the Madrid Digital Capital. It's a very, say, ambitious strategy, but also realistic. Yeah, very nice. Actually, after this, um, we should we should go talk to, and I want to introduce you to um, my contacts in Helsingborg because they're working on very similar topics with their elderly population. So it uh, might be good to exchange on that. Um, very good. So, Erol, what do you think are maybe you, you've shared a little bit of some examples of yeah. technological solutions. Is there another use case that you want to highlight uh, about work that you're doing or any other kind of vision um, for for technological innovations in the future? Um, actually, we are trying to follow and we are trying to produce uh, our own technological aspects in Istanbul. Uh, Fernando mentioned a little bit, digital twin is very important technical solutions, will be very important technical solutions next five years, maybe till 2030 for the mayors. Because from now on, not only mayors, but also all public authorities or managers, even prime minister presidents, they should make their own decision based on data. So the others can be manipulated, the other, all the decisions, so politically. But if you can make a decision based on data, no one can tell anything about it. So to manage our city based on data is very important. So this digital twin scenario includes mm, almost all of our solutions in one platform. For example, we have so many technical solutions about environment this will be a module of Digital Twin. Uh, we have GIS works, geographical information system. We have uh, satellite images, oblique photos, uh, LIDAR photos, something like that. So we will make them together and make them 3D dimension. And then we will create our own 
digital twin. But then, then we will add there, for example, IoT platform data. All the sensor data will come there. So not only energy, but also smart meters of water, smart meters of gas, something like that. So when we see that whole Istanbul in one platform digitally, so if there is any problem, so we can directly manage, see, and create an alternative by itself with the, of course, artificial intelligence supports. So this is very important. Also yesterday, I mentioned a little bit, everybody works on a strategy plan, uh, but AI is a disruptive technology. So if no one, if someone don't consider AI from now on, it means that plan is missing something, exactly something. So uh, from now on, uh, everybody should listen technology guys a little bit more than before. <laughs> be, be, really, this is I, I'm not uh, saying this proudly. This is like that because technology is not a supporter anymore. Technology is enabler and driven all the decision-making systems. Because of that, it's not, oh, my laptop doesn't work today. Please, can you come and check this? Or can you update my uh, Microsoft licenses? This is this haptic issues. This is not IT issues anymore. IT issues is management of technology and enabling all the citizen services, municipal services, governmental services, and private sector services. So demand is not coming on the citizens. Sometimes you are serving them and you are happy with these services because you, they weren't uh, expecting this, but you are uh, increasing their life quality. Because of that, uh, Technology is in a little bit different places from now on, especially after COVID. Mm -hmm. Because COVID uh, was the main reason for the uh, bringing maybe next 10, 20 or 30 years transformation in one night or in one month, especially in public sectors. Uh, it wasn't easy to cancel all the physical meeting and put all the guys in one online chat room. But everybody in one night with the quarantine practicing, everybody in one night came to the online chat rooms. They learned to use this. And then I, or everybody noticed that normally they were making four or five meetings per day. They start to make 15 or 20 meetings. And there is no break between the times because there is no uh, missing lack of time for reaching from A to B. It's taken in Istanbul at least 30 minutes and preparation to another meeting, 30 minutes more too. So from one meeting to other, you need to break one hour. But in one hour, you are making sometimes two, sometimes three more meetings. So technology is enabling this, forcing this, driving this. So we need to focus on this. Because of that, with this uh, mind, uh, one of the main challenge is digital twin in our vision. Uh, especially in 2024, will be active in our mayor's agenda. And he will start to manage Istanbul digitally, not only physically. Uh, although he loves to be physical management, <laughs> but to reach everywhere uh, is not possible physically. So digitally it is possible. And the second one... Uh, from the beginning of next year, we will start to leave that more uh, AI or gen AI services in our life. And next year, these times, maybe uh, our listeners will understand me better than now. <laughs> I'm excited to see what comes in 2024. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, so Errol has been talking, he's really emphasizing data, right? Yeah. The importance yeah. of data. Yeah. And I'm sure you agree as well, Fernando. Oh, oh yes. Um, <laughs> maybe you can give a little bit of an example on how Madrid is using data and kind of the strategy behind yes. that. Yes, uh, I, I totally agree, Eric. Uh, we need data. We need data to know what is happening, to take decisions in real time, to plan for the future. We need to be organization based on data. We need to take decisions based on data and not in intuition. So it's a data, what is say, data-driven. Data and for that, you need to have 
and, and strategy also. Uh, we were talking about the, the, the strategy of uh, Madrid Digital Capital, but before that, we were working in several in a pack of strategy, technical strategy that mm-hmm. support this uh, this city strategy. So we're, we were uh, working in a cybersecurity strategy, 5G agenda, artificial intelligence strategy, GovTech, and data strategy. So because we need data and, and but we need, need data we need data with quality with real time interoperables with governance the same <laughs> told me because they there are data in, in all the areas in a lot of silos so we need to put together all this information that uh, data comes uh, don't uh, fall from the sky uh, as a uh, rain it comes from software applications so we need to po- to put the focus in this uh, software application to have uh, this uh, data with uh, quality to have all of this. If we ha- we want to have digital twins, if we have uh, we need to have a decision based on data. This this is very important in the whole view for mm-hmm. a major in the whole uh, view of the city. And we were uh, are working in several projects uh, of this one. Uh, we are talking about the RECI, the Spanish network of Spanish of. Uh, Smart City, we have a very important uh, project. The name is Edint. It's, uh, it's, uh, the name is about uh, data, space, uh, data space for uh, urban infrastructure. It's based in a project, uh, European project of Gaia-X. We are collaborating with, uh, with uh, RECI because it's a project belonging to RECI to, to, to create this data species in, in order in, in, in as a part of the strategy of, uh, of the data strategy in Madrid in order to to put together the information to 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 make a better and more intelligent decision in the city really really interesting uh, projects I wish we had more time to, <laughs> to dig into more of the individual yeah. projects as yeah. well next next time next, next time. time um but uh, Erol I I'm wondering <laughs> if you can talk a little bit about maybe how digitalization has helped, or digital transformation <laughs> has helped improve your processes. Okay, um, yeah. I will. I will uh, give a, one example, but it includes so many parts. One of the biggest uh, challenge of each city is actually urban poverty, because people started to live in city centers more than X times. Uh, agriculture or farming started to turn city life. And uh, first time, as I know, uh, all over the world, uh, city center population passed rural area population. So, uh, but it causes also poverty because not everybody comes to Madrid or Istanbul directly. They are reaching to good financial level. They need to produce something. They need to do something. So urban poverty is one of the biggest challenge for each municipality, each metropole cities, actually. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and for Istanbul, we are also facing with the refugees problem. Uh, there are so many refugees coming from uh, Middle East, Syria, uh, or Afghanistan, or Pakistan, Iraq, because near our uh, geography, there are so many complicated situations. So they are trying to be in safe, so they are coming to Turkey. And to adaptation of them to our civil life and different culture. Turkey has their its own culture. Istanbul, its own culture. As Fernando mentioned, Madrid soul is unique and belongs to Madrid. Istanbul soul is unique and belongs to Istanbul. They are not same. We have common problems, but we have different problems. For example, uh, this refugee problem is one of the biggest problem of Istanbul and adaptation to normal social life is one of our challenge. So what we are working on this, we have uh, one organization for all citizens to give them uh, technical education for making them a, having a job. So um, <clears throat> we have physical buildings, almost per year, 400,000 people come there taking some courses, learning something, and uh, online courses, more than a million uh, citizens uh, take some course and learn something. Not only language, but also uh, development, some uh, Java.net, or Python, something like that. But some 
courses belongs to housewives, for example. They are learning to cook good cakes, pasta, something like that. So uh, when they get the certificate, when they finish the course, we are giving certificate to them. Then we have another organization, Carrier IBB. Uh, this is directly focused on to preparing CV and giving direction to them. So they are coming to Carrier uh, IBB and uh, we are creating their CV there with their certificates and graduation uh, certificates, something like that too. There are third organization, regional uh, recruitment office. So this is also working for all private sectors in uh, Istanbul. When they need somebody, they are applying to our recruitment office and we are checking our CV pools. And then we are directly accompanying them. So this is a circle and we are trying to create circular economy. But also one part now missing, uh, I didn't tell. This is a entrepreneurship and innovation startup companies part. We are also touching startups, academicians, students, something like that for gathering together. If someone has an idea directly, who is related with this idea, we are trying to bring them together. So they are, uh, we are giving office to them. We are giving server to them. We are giving license to them. So they only need to realize this project. They don't need anything else. So they, they, we need only their mind. So the others, we are giving them. So startups, normal citizens has no job, uh, but we are training them. So if we can create this circular economy, it will be one of the biggest enemy of this urban poverty. We believe that these uh, wells will start to turn soon and then this urban poverty started to decrease a little bit. Uh, I believe this, but to create this all ecosystem wasn't easy, actually. I, I should confess this. <laughs> and are you using AI to like um, generate their CVs and stuff? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Gen AI. <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, really interesting stuff. Um, I also, I, I want, I know we're running out of time, but uh, you also mentioned yesterday a really cool um, initiative during COVID times um, that people could uh, yes, sol solidarity. Yes, yes, solidarity uh, yes. platform. I can tell a little bit. Uh, two sentences. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this is paid forward project, uh, only for focusing on unpaid utility bills because in COVID times most of the people lost their jobs, so they couldn't earn any money, so they couldn't pay their utility bills even. This is necessary. This is one of the life conditions. So. We anonymous all the unpaid utility bills in web page. Very, very simple technological solution. There is no name because of GDPR. Uh, only amount of the utility bills, 5 euro, 10 euro. And donator reaches to our web pages, choosing the bill. They don't know whose bill is this. They are directly going to the post machine of the bank. They are writing their credit card number and they are paying. That's all. <laughs> they don't know whose bill are paid. And uh, our citizen doesn't know who paid their bill. So it's very good. Just right anonymous hand. kindness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that from your, yeah. Thank you for sharing. I love that from your presentation yesterday. So, um, Fernando, I know that um, the current state of digital public services that Spain is a leader in the UN in this regard. Um, what advice do you have for any of our listeners or anybody else um, trying to digitalize public services? <laughs> uh, one piece of advice. Uh, well, I love more to listen to the advice of other people that uh, provide the advice to. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will get that for you yeah, too. Yes, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, first of all, I, I think you need to you need to work in the in the main building blocks because you need technology to provide better, better, good uh, data public services. This is important. Here you need to focus on the to need the, the focus in in, uh, in all of these building blocks. You need technology. You need the, the digital identity. That it is not an easy way. This is a challenge for a lot of people for a barrier. 
uh, in the time of COVID, uh, we have to to overcome a lot of uh, different problems. The problems of digital divide, digital identity, digital capabilities. It's very important to work with the people in the, uh, in uh, increasing the capabilities of uh, civil servant uh, and also the the, the complete population. But because the the target of digital public services is not to be able uh, to available the services, but the level of use of these services. This has been very important for the position of Madrid. It's true in the case of uh, on the UN report we are leading, but uh, but we, what we are uh, worried, not this about we are leading, is the real impact in the people of these data public services. That's, that's, uh, that's very, very uh, important for us more than uh, other things. And uh, uh, I think it's very important always to listen to the, the citizen and listen to the companies uh, because they uh, are uh, really putting the focus on what they need, not what do what you think they need. And the uh, other important thing is to, to, to always to listen to the level of satisfaction or the opinion of the people about your, your services. So you need, of course, you need to put all your services on the mobile because people are using a smartphone. So it's impossible to not to have digital public services in the, in the mobile. But, uh, well, all of this, uh, listen to the people trying to increase the digital capabilities is very important. Putting the focus in the use of the services, not only the availability of the services. This has been our focus in the last years. Yeah, very good. Very good words there to put the focus on the use, um, not on the availability. So, um, Errol, last question um, of this main interview part. Um, you have a 2030 Smart City Strategic Plan yep. of, uh, of Istanbul. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what of does course, that mean? Of course, of yeah. course. Uh, to reach uh, <clears throat> 2030, for technological point of view, actually very long time, seven years. And to see what will happen seven years, I, I don't know, I can't see, but Fernando, can you see seven years later? What will be? <laughs> I'm not sure for technologically. <laughs> of course, we have some ideas, but really uh, long term. Because of that, we divided our strategic plan, three main parts, short term, mid term and long term targets, almost more than 200 projects uh, are running now and uh, 40% of them already completed and the others already in, in progress. And we have eight verticals. For example, governance is a one of the vertical. Uh, life is one of the vertical. Uh, fintech is one of the vertical. Environment, energy, uh, for example, climate change is uh, Istanbul is the C40 member city in Turkey, one of the uh, only one city in Turkey. So till 2030, uh, we need to decrease uh, carbon level and carbon neutral situation. So this is very important. We are working on green energy too. So our strategic plan covers all the technologic solutions, which is uh, directly related for three different terms, uh, as I mentioned, uh, short, mid and long term, to, for reaching our main strategic plan targets via smart city technologies. Um, I can tell this mainly. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right. So now <laughs> I want to move on to our fun segment. And the segment that I've chosen for you today is called Flip the Script. Flip the Script. You are the one asking the questions and I'll be the one answering them. Um, usually it's that uh, um, you have to ask me a question, but when I have two guests on the show, I think it's uh, the most interesting that you get to ask each other a question. So, um, Errol, do you have a question for Fernando? Yeah, of course. Which mobile application is being used the most by you, Fernando? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, in Madrid... The most used uh, application is about the sports. Sports. The sport. This has been the killer application to to use the mobile phone because we in in the reality we began with a smartphone application uh, too too late. But in the last uh, three years we have half a million of uh, active uses, and in most part 
in the case of the uh, sport. This is the killer application for us. All the reservation of any interested. Type of, yeah. yes. So now you have to integrate all the digital services from yeah. the municipality. Into yes, the and you know, it's very important yeah. because you <laughs> present your income tax one time a year. Yeah. But if you are a sportive people, you use the sportive <laughs> court every week. So yeah, yeah. this is much more important to have all of this on internet with, with your mar- smartphone, perhaps, mm-hmm. than to have the income tax that you present one time a year. So that's <laughs> important for us. Very Perfect. good. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, uh, Fernando, do you have a question? Yes, I, I have a question around the city. I was uh, I was uh, speaking with Eroc about that uh, Istanbul is the, one of the most favorite cities in the world of all my family <laughs> because this is, is a city where everybody needs to visit. And uh, But how is the Istanbul? is divided by the sea, by the Bosphorus Channel. And yes. How is the challenges with the city divided with different yes. areas because the sea is in the middle of Yeah, there are some advantages, some disadvantages. For managing traffic point of view, this is really big disadvantages yes. because there are 3 million cars in Istanbul. So when they are at the traffic, uh, mostly it has been like that uh, families, uh, let's assume that three person or four person, mostly they are preferring to live near to their children's school place. So, uh, for example, they are in Asian site. Uh, they have two kids. They are renting or buying a flat near to that uh, children's school. But uh, woman is working in Asian site somewhere. Man is working in European site. So, at least one person from each family every day needs to change the continent. This is one of the reasons for uh, living uh, this kind of traffic uh, congestion, actually. Uh, this is our main difficulties. But when I talk, I mentioned that uh, emergency management situation. Uh, if one day earthquake occurs, uh, maybe it will affect European side, but Asian side will be more um, stronger. Yeah. So that time people, we can carry to people via bridges or undersea uh, tunnels to the Asian side. This can give us a chance for creating alternative emergency rescuing uh, scenarios. So from this side, an advantages. And the, the biggest advantage, I, I really love my city yeah. and the view of Bosphorus. Uh, it's amazing. Morning time, daytime, evening time, <laughs> when the bridges are lightening, really, uh, this is perfect view. So... Uh, it is giving a great atmosphere to us, yeah. <laughs> to everybody. It's also very important, <laughs> right? <laughs> very good. Great questions for each other. Now I have one final question to close us out. It's a question that we ask every single guest. And that question is to you, what is a smart city? Who wants to start? And the other one can build. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it is not an easy question, eh? because no. we are talking about the smart city, <laughs> the total formation. There were a time... Uh, 10 years ago that the, the people uh, uh, talk about the smart cities, a lot of sensors, black boxes, <laughs> uh, magic solution yeah. to resolve the city. And now with artificial intelligence, no yeah. magic solution, but this is not the truth. And now it's, uh, I think it's more important this uh, human-centered vision about the real problem of the people. For me, uh, a smart city is a, a city that uses, of course, technology and the data generated by the city to shape, uh, what I say, the city more attractive, more competitive, with a, a, with the best quality of life for the people who live, uh, work, or visiting uh, the city, and of course, with a city council more efficient. So I think uh, technology and digitalization and digital transformation help also to uh, uh, to this type of city more sustainable, more inclusive, and with a high level of uh, cohesion between all the people in the city. And for me, this is a smart city. Very good. Have something to add or change? Yes. Uh, actually, mostly when we are talking to smart city technology solutions, people bring in some one abbreviation, PPP, public-private partnership. We will do together with uh, private sector, something like that. But always I'm saying that where is the fourth P? Where is people? So the most important thing, all the technological solutions has to serve to our citizens, to a person, to our community. So for me, the definition of smart city, the whole technologies 
which is servant to all citizens, all people for increasing their life quality. Yeah, absolutely. So the four Ps. Yeah. <laughs> Public-private partnership for people. For peace. <laughs> very good, very good. That's the title of the, okay. the, yeah. the episode, for peace. Oh, very good. Um, so with that, I have a lot of thank yous before closing. So thank you again to Resi for the collaboration. Thank you to Fiera Barcelona for, for hosting us at the Smart City Expo, where it's actually the first day, so I haven't seen anything yet. So I'm excited to go explore. And of course, a big thank you to you both uh, for coming on to the show. Um, it was really fun to hear your your perspectives. Um, really a lot of great insights for our listeners. So thank you so much. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. We have uh, opened a very, very good relationship between Istanbul and Madrid. Yes. And of course with Barcelona. There we go. There we go. That's what we like to see. So thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, thank you also for, for listening. Don't forget, you can always create a free account on babel-smartcities.eu. You can find out more about great, what great cities are doing, smart city projects, solutions, implementations. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next stop on the journey to a better urban life.